Welcome to the Thrive Retirement Planning Podcast, where we help you design a retirement and life you love. I'm your host and retirement planning specialist, Carl Woolston. I'm the founder of Thrive Retirement Planning, and this podcast was created to simplify the eight critical components that I believe every successful retirement plan needs. Reduce your anxiety about retirement, get answers on Social Security, and design a plan to replace your income. Take steps to protect and grow your investments, and ethically reduce your retirement taxes. Well, it's that time of year year again, folks. It's that time of year when it is Medicare. And uh, what do you do? What are the options? When should you sign up? Do you need to sign up? What are the difference between A, B, C, D, the whole alphabet there with Medicare? And you know, how much do things cost? How does it work? Well, I have a special guest with me here today, Andrea Dover. She's a CPA. Uh, welcome to the show, Andrea. I'm doing great. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate you bringing your expertise to this. And just a little bit about Andrea. She has a degree in finance and accounting from uh, Southern Utah University. She has her MBA from the University of Utah. She's worked for Fortune 500 companies. And she has developed this expertise over the years of now Medicare and how it works and working with individuals making Medicare choices. So today we're going to really... As we talked about it, Andrea, really break this down into three big components. And just so everybody listening understands this, is these questions were developed from what Andrea hears all the time, like question after question after question. And so we're going to break these questions down into three specific areas. One, how do you sign up for Medicare? Number two, what is Medicare? What are all the components, the ABCDs? Uh, what is Medigap? Then we're going to get into common Medicare questions. And so let's just start this off by talking about just overall Medicare. How do we sign up? We're in this enrollment period, I know, right now. So tell us a little bit about when should somebody sign up for Medicare, probably both the first time, and then obviously there's changes each and every year um, if you're wanting to make changes, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So so the question of when to sign up for Medicare, depending on your situation, can be a couple of different answers. So most people, when they're thinking about signing up for Medicare, they're just going to be turning 65, and that's usually when they start reaching out or trying to figure out, is this the right option? So the answer is, if you're just turning 65, you, have, you can start signing up for Medicare three months before the month you turn 65. So for example, if you're gonna turn 65 in February of 2023, then you can start signing up in November, yeah. November 1st of 2022. And so what you've got in that initial time is it's called the Initial Enrollment Period, or IEP, and it's the three months before you turn 65, the month you turn 65, and the three months after you turn 65. So the other big question that I get a lot is, do I have to sign up for Medicare when I turn 65? And the answer is to that is it's going to depend. And so a lot of it's going to depend on what other options you've got. So if you have something that's called creditable coverage, so this is like through an employer or benefits through the government and you're still working, then the answer may be that you can delay it or the answer may be that you don't want to delay it or can't. And so with Medicare, there is a penalty component that if you don't sign up when you're supposed to, they can assess a penalty 
and that could apply the rest of your life. So it's very critical that as you're contemplating Medicare or not Medicare, delay it or start it, is that you have all the information and know if you can delay it or if you don't. And technically speaking, though, the Part A, they, anybody can sign up for it at 65, right? Yes, Even yes. if you're covered through work. Yes. It's the Part B where we pay premium that yep. if you're covered through work through, what? what's the name of that again? So I, it's called Creditable, creditable Coverage. So it's C-R-E-D-I-T-A-B-L-E. -E. So it's Creditable Coverage. And so what you would do is you would talk to your HR department or whoever you have benefits and see if you can get what's called a letter of creditable coverage. And so basically what that means is that the government has deemed whatever coverage you have as worthy as the replacement of Medicare. And if that's the case, then you can delay signing up for Medicare. And the reason we mention this is sometimes people could get, it doesn't happen real often, but people can yes. get into trouble thinking, oh, and maybe they work for a very small business yes. and it, they're covered through health insurance, but it's not creditable. Yes. And so they delay Social Security, or not Social Security, but Medicare Part B. Yes. And then they find out that it wasn't credible and then they're paying higher premiums yes. entirely. So, so that's a yeah. big key port portion yes. to watch for. And so, the, the, so we'll kind of go into this and how do you sign up, but... Everything in regards to originally signing up for Medicare. So when you first sign up for Medicare, you're going to do that through the Social Security Administration. So anything to do with, is my coverage creditable? Is it not creditable? That The source of truth on that is the Social Security Administration because they're the ones that are going to decide, do you have to pay the penalty? Do you not have to pay the penalty? Just making sure your ducks are in a row, though, is just the, the yes. good... The good thing, whether they do it themselves or talk to someone like an expert like yourself or any type of broker that, that deals yes. with this stuff day in and day out. So um, let's talk on that timing thing. Let's just spin that just a little bit to for people who are already enrolled in Medicare, just to cover everybody who might be listening to the podcast today. So you, you went through this seven-month period, basically, three months before 65, yes. the month you turned 65, and three months after. So that's originally when you sign up. But we're, each year you have a met, an open enrollment, right, where you can make decisions or changes within the coverages that you may have. Yes. So it kind of gets a little bit confusing because there are technically two open enrollment periods for Medicare. So every year, starting October 15th to December 7th, is called the annual enrollment period. And so what this means is that you can change your Medicare to, so like if you have a plan and it's not really working for you, then you could change that plan. And again, there are factors and there are pros and cons to changing. And so you want to take that in consideration, but you can change your plan every year during this annual enrollment period. And you don't have to have a reason. You don't have to have what they call a special enrollment reason, um, which is what you have to have outside of that open enrollment period. But then in January through March, of the next year, then you've got what's called open enrollment period. And what that means is that if you are on a Medicare Advantage plan and you want to switch to another Medicare Advantage plan, you can do that at that time. Okay. Can, so, you, can you also, from October to December, can you switch from Medicare Advantage to Medicare Advantage during that time period? Yes. Yep. Okay, so almost you almost have several months there if you're on Medicare Advantage yes. to, to switch within those yes. um, Medicare and there, Advantage So the program. open enrollment period in January and March 
is a little bit more nuanced and so that's why we focus on the October to December is because it's oh it's more open there's more that we can do you don't have to fall into specific buckets okay. so, that's so mid-October through mid-December we're recording this in in October um, near end of October so now's the time to be thinking about if you've already enrolled in in Medicare if you want to switch things up okay so one of the other questions you mentioned you get all the time is I uh, you know how do how do I actually sign up you know do I go to their website do I call somebody you know what's what would your best method be to originally sign up okay. for Medicare yeah so there's a couple of different ways that you can sign up and it also depends your options also depend on where you are in the process so if you are just turning 65 and signing up for the first time then there is an online option that you can use. And so you just go to ssa.gov, and then there's a Medicare tile, and you click on that. Then you just start following the prompt. So you create an account with Social Security if you don't have one, and then they're going to ask you some questions, and you're going to sign up for Part A, and you're going to sign up for Part B. Okay. And so you can do that online. If you're after that initial enrollment period, so you've delayed it, then, then my understanding is, and this could change you know, in the future, but my understanding is you can't use the online option. So at that point, then your only option is to either go to a Social Security office in person, make an appointment, you can call on the phone, there's a national number, you can also call your local Social Security office. There is also like a mail option and an email option but that's just more of like contacting them and then them reaching out. So, so I'd say that to be the, try the online first, but sometimes there's issues, you know, because okay. of certain things. And are you setting up your social security benefits with the Medicare? Or are you doing them separately? You know, all those play into how you do it. So the, the foolproof method is just get on the phone and call social security. Um, but online is also an option occasionally. Yeah, and I know you can search in there. You can go and put your zip code. It will tell you your local office to contact, and that can be really helpful because many times they're the most knowledgeable yes. about your specific situation, and they're the people you're going to go into if you need to go in. Yes. So your next thing that you mentioned here is people, people often ask, well, how do I get a Medicare card, and do I need one? Yeah, so the answer is if, you need, if you're signing up for Medicare, and you want to sign up for something in addition, like a Medigap or a Medicare Advantage, you have to have that Medicare card. Because what's on that Medicare card is your Medicare number, your Part A effective date, and your Part B effective date. Mm -hmm. And those are going to be one of the very first questions on any insurance app after that. So without the Medicare card, there's nothing really a broker or an agent could help you with until you get that card. So that's the place to start. and. Get that card. Know what your Medicare number actually is, and then, yes. and then you can start to make your selections, which is, which is really where we're going now. And our next uh, next thing that we want to hit into kind of this part two is, you know, what are all these different Medicare options, and how much does it cost, and all that. Let's just start with how much does Medicare cost. Okay, so so there's the different parts, and we'll kind of go into what's the Part A, Part B, Part C, Part D. And so Part A is the hospital coverage. And so if, and that's what you're going to sign up for initially. Um, and on, honestly, if you, if my understanding is, is that even if you delay Part B because you have that creditable coverage, 
you may still be signed up automatically for Part A. And so you may just have that coverage, but as long as you qualify for full Social Security benefits, meaning that you've put in your 40 quarters or are married to someone that has put in their 40 quarters, then that is a zero premium to you. So most often, Part A is a zero premium, but there are some exceptions to that. Okay. So Part B, though, that's this piece that usually people are signing up for when they're ready to transition over to Medicare. Yeah, from their own work. Either they've turned 65 and are not covered, or they're covered through work, and so maybe they're doing this later at 66 or 67, if they're one of these plans like we talked about earlier that is covered that they qualify to delay, and and they're not going to be dinged or or um, have higher premiums long-term be, because they delayed it. So tell us a little bit then, we, we talked a little Part A, Part B, what does that cover and what's the cost on that? Yeah, so Part B is the doctor coverage. And so, and this is, so the premium, so all the, for Part A and Part B, the premiums each year are given to us by CMS, which is the governing body for Medicare and Medicaid. And so every year around this time, and so this is again in October, we're gonna get what the premiums are. So for 2022, the Part B premium is $170.10 per month. For 2023, we now know that that number is gonna be, I believe, $164.90. $164.90. Yeah, and that was dealt to an Alzheimer drug, right? Like I think yes. that they were talking about last year, a new Alzheimer drug got approved, and and so uh, that was going to be covered by Medicare. So that was one of the reasons the premiums went up. And then it hasn't been as expensive as they yes. deemed. And so we have some inflation going on, but also a reduction because of that. Yes, and, exactly. And so that number can fluctuate. So in 2021, that number was $148. The year before that, it was 144 so it, it can fluctuate, and so that's something to take into consideration is that is a little bit of a moving target when you're planning for your future and what are your costs going to be in retirement. And it's always interesting because Social Security has the COLA or the cost of living adjustment mm-hmm. that some years is high, some years less this year, you know, going into next year, almost 9%. And so you have that bumping up and for inflation, but Medicare premium, this is one of the few years where... Yes. We're getting a big, uh, people are retired getting a big inflation adjustment on the uh, Social Security side and actually a, reduc- a reduction in their Part B, which yes. don't get used to it, folks. It's, yeah. it's not the, that, People ask me often, they're like, well, what do you think it's going to be next year? I don't even venture a guess because yeah. it's, it's I, because there's too many factors and there's, there's no line of sight. I have no idea how they calculate that number. But, but those are the numbers. So that is always a big piece to consider. So the Part B is the doctor coverage. And so then once you have Part A and then you also have Part B, you have what's called original Medicare. Okay. So that is what original Medicare means is the Part A and the Part B. When you have those two together, that's original Medicare. But then things have changed over time, right? Where we have now the private marketplaces come in and they offer plans. Yes. And they they have these plans that kind of run parallel to Part B. Yes. Right. 
And so tell us a little bit about that. Medicare Advantage, I think, is yes. one, one name for that parallel program where you don't pay any more. Yes, yes. And so, but that this is where we kind of start getting into the nuance and it's like everyone's going to be different. So my personal philosophy based on my experience is that I don't believe that there is a perfect product for absolutely everyone. So there, so the way I kind of look at the Medicare market is there's three kind of major options. So you've got the original Medicare option, you've got the Part C, which is the Medicare Advantage, and then you've also got what's called Medigap. And there are pros and there are cons to each of those options. And so what is maybe right for one person is going to be a terrible idea for another person. And so a lot of it is going to depend on what is your health history? You know, it's like, what are your genetics? Like, are, do you have family history things that you need to worry about? How is your health currently? Are you, you on know? lots of medications? Yes. The, the drug piece is a huge, huge piece to deciding what's, what's going to be the best plan for you. And so, so when it comes to Part C and Part D, then it kind of starts to get into the, well, maybe, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that, because it's going to depend on not just the math factors of, well, how much does it cost, but it's also going to be, I personally believe insurance should help you sleep at night because the, the purpose of insurance is to transfer risk. And so the more you pay the insurance company, the more risk you transfer to them. But the less you pay them, the more risk you right. assume. And everyone's got a different risk tolerance mm -hmm. and a different profile. So if someone comes in and they're like, I'm healthy, I don't have anything, my family history is clean, I really am just looking for something catastrophic, I'm going to recommend something different to them than I am someone that comes in and is like, I've already had some form of cancer, I have diabetes or something chronic, and, you know, every relative I have died by 80, you know, and right. so that's going to be a different conversation. Yeah, because it's a, you know, it's a cost benefit kind of analysis, right? Because, you know, and I, I, I want to spend just a second on Part C because Part C or Medicare Advantage, it's basically the private marketplace, and you yes. correct me if I say anything wrong here, it's the private marketplace where they can go to their local companies. Mm -hmm. uh, we're recording this here in Utah. They can go to their local uh, companies here or brokers that represent companies here in Utah. And for the same premium that's already going into Part B, they can select other types of plans that go with that would go with Part A. Is that is it, that correct? It can be, but it's that's not always the case. So sometimes there's nothing. So so that's where again is it's with original Medicare there are some gaps, and so that's where the idea of having something in addition to that is probably the best idea. Um, but then it's it's. It can be, and it's very state-specific. And so what is typical for Utah may be wildly different than what's typical for South Dakota, mm. you know, or Wyoming, or Florida, okay. or New York. And so it's very, the plan, so I kind of call them option number one is original Medicare, option number two is Medicare Advantage, option number three is Medigap. So in the state, so as far as option number two and option number three, they're going to vary by state. Okay. And so even the same policy with the same company could vary state to state as far as benefits and then with Medicare Advantage it's not always a free premium or and because it's in addition anything that you get with option number two and option number three is going to be in addition 
to that Part B premium. You're always going to pay that Part B premium, and the Part B premium is also a function of your income. So if you're a high income earner, you're going to pay more than that 170.10. You know, and that's a function of income. And then also, oh, oh excuse me, also if you have a penalty. That can also affect that number. And so and that's the IRMA tax that you're yes. kind of hinting there that that people can look up that if you have higher income coming in that you can pay higher Part B premiums. Yes. Um, so Part B, um, the Part C then is the Medicare Advantage, which yes. many times is no additional cost, but can be it from can what be you're saying, additional. A additional. And then when you get into the Medigap, mm -hmm. Medigap is kind of the maybe the Rolls-Royce of, yes. of the group, it's the, it's the most coverage, it's maybe what you want to look at if you've had significant health challenges yes. earlier in your life, or maybe on high exp um, uh, needed, need drugs uh, mm -hmm. for various uh, conditions that you're trying to, that your doctor's treating for you, where you just have some expense that you know is yes. just going to happen every month. Or yeah, so Medigap is going to be, you're going to pay more, and so it's a higher premium than on average than the Medicare Advantage, but you're also transferring more risk. But that also depends on the type of Medigap plan you get. There are several options. Not all are necessarily available in Utah. Some are available in other states. Some are available in Utah, so there are some that are kind of available generally. The ones I usually recommend um, tend to, you pay more, but that you've, the insurance company has assumed all the risk because you can get Medigap plans that have deductibles and co-pays and all those other things that they are, they are less premium. You know? And so again, it's a function of what benefits are going to help you? You know, it's like, what's my goal is what's going to help you sleep at night, you know? And so sometimes the supplement is the best option because the thing I have to mention is that even though you can technically switch your plan every single year, some products are subject to underwriting and some are not. So the trick is, is when you first sign up for Part B, and you initially do that, then you have a period of what's called guaranteed insurability, meaning you can sign up for whatever you want, no questions asked. And you don't have to go through underwriting. You don't have to go through underwriting. But once you pass this initial period, and it's usually about six months to a year, depending on the company, depending on the plan, then most, uh, most times, my experience has been, but it may not always be the case, that Medicare Advantage, there's no underwriting. You could, but it could depend by company, you know, and it could also be a function of the state. You know, mm -hmm. it's like what the state rules are, and each state may be different. But my understanding in Utah is that with Medicare Advantage, there's no underwriting, so you can switch plans. They're not going to ask you any medical questions. But typically, with a Medicare supplement or the Medigap, there's going to be underwriting if you don't sign up in that initial guaranteed the guaranteed issue time period. And they can either, one, deny you, or they can do what's called table rate you. And if they table rate you, they'll still accept you, and they'll still give you all the same benefits, but the premium is going to be significantly higher than it would have been had you just signed up in the guaranteed. Yeah. So, again, all those different factors are going to play into... You know, do you, what do you sign up for initially? You know, because I've had people that walk in the door and they're going, I'm completely healthy at 65. I have absolutely nothing wrong with me. 
And then six months later, and so they're like, do I even need to bother with the Medigap because it's expensive? And then they, and so some of them sign up and some don't, and I've had them come back a year later and say, I'm now diagnosed with cancer. Well, if you don't sign up for the supplement, then most likely that is no longer an option for you. Because you would have to go through underwriting and mm -hmm. then you may not meet it. And, yeah. And, but in the beginning, you, you could potentially get in. So one of the, one of the things, maybe a kind of a hint or a tip, is if someone has had some significant health issues in their life and they're going through the initial sign-up process, they may, they may want to take a, a hard look at the Medigap options yes. that don't have an underwriting here in this initial period. Yeah, and, that, and again, this is going to come back to, this is an Andrea opinion, and there may be other Medicare agents out there that will vehemently disagree with them, and that's not that they're wrong and I'm right. This is kind of, again, where it's, you need to find a broker that mat and or agent that matches your profile because brokers are going to have different opinions about this. So my based on my experience, my risk tolerance, my experience with clients, I tend to favor the Medigap policies just because they're the way I think of them is they're the no hassle plan. Is you're paying more to the insurance company, but you're not having to mess with a lot of these other different things. You're not having to mess with uh, deductibles and co-pays and max out-of-pockets in certain circumstances. Again, it depends on the Medigap plan you choose, but they're more, um, they're less hassle. Whereas, the, but the Medicare Advantage, you know, I deal with a lot of under 65 healthcare as well. The Medicare Advantage, you know, sometimes people give it a bad name, but it's still way better coverage then you can get on the individual market, you know, for, for, under the, pro, for the same price. Like any option I get on under 65 is going to pale in comparison with the Medicare Advantage fund, you know. So the Medicare Advantage, so it's kind of a, the way I look at it is like original Medicare, in my opinion, is good. The Medicare Advantage is better and the Medigap is the best. And yeah, so, and but, that's maybe if finances are just, are fine. Maybe yes. someone's going into retirement, they have a couple million dollars and the monthly cash flow is not, it's not the biggest sticking point. Yes. Um, whereas maybe somebody, it might be more of a cost decision where, ooh, yes. finances yes. are tight. I just have social security. I'm on a really tight fixed income. Yes. Uh, may even have a reverse mortgage or something where they're just getting by and, yeah. and, and doing okay. But at the same time, really, they have to really watch the budget and the purse yeah. strings. And, 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 and so that's, that's going to be a part of it. I have clients that come in and they would love the Medigap, but... It's going to stress them out because the, the money is just not there that the Medicare Advantage is going to be the better option, you know, and it's still going to service them at it very, very well and be very a very, very excellent option. And so that's where, again, what, so the question, you know, what do I sign up for? That's where I'd say talk to find someone, you know, whether that's me or whether it's someone else, but find someone that deals with this all day long and knows the ins and outs and knows the pros and cons and can look at your specific situation and say which option is going to be right. Because I don't think you can go horribly wrong with any option, but some are definitely going to be better than others, and they all have pros and cons. Yeah. And someone may walk in and go, I think Medicare Advantage is the greatest thing I've ever seen and the supplement is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But then other people will be completely opposite, and they'll they and they're only on Social Security, and they say I will do whatever I yeah. need to do 
to afford the Medigap. And when you, just to, to clarify, when you say supplement, you're talking Medigap? Yes, sorry. Okay. No, you've, you've used that word a couple times. I just want to make sure that uh, we're on the same yeah, lingo. So, okay. so like everything, and this is an accounting thing too, for in accounting there's five words for every single term. And so in insurance, like Medigap and Medicare supplement are kind of used interchangeably. Medicare Advantage, MAPD, Part C are kind of used interchangeably. Okay. So is um, is Part D then the prescription drug coverage? We haven't yes. talked too much about that. So how yes. how does that fit into these to to A, B, and C uh, that we've talked about? I mean, yeah, we've yep. talked about A, B, and C and Medigap. Yes. And Medigap, I guess, doesn't have a yeah, so a letter assigned to it. Have, so. Well, it does, though, have letters because all the letters are named. Oh, yeah, like that's plan right. Plan A, Plan G, Plan F, okay. Plan K, Plan N. So, they, no, they're all letters. That's so like tell, alphabet soup. Imagine. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So let's uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Part D. Um, is it covered, you know, like in... Obviously, it's an extra thing that you can add, and there's some nuances to yes, it. So there are some nuances. So Part D is also something like Part B that's mandatory. So once you trigger Medicare and you start down that path, then so Part D is for the drug coverage. And so once you start down that Medicare path, you have to have drug coverage somewhere. So whether that's a standalone Part D plan whether that some Medicare Advantage plans include drug coverage. Uh, some people get their drug coverage through like the VA or they have retiree benefits that will still cover drugs and dental vision hearing. So again, if you're going with uh, retiree benefits, you again have to make sure it's deemed creditable. And if it is, then you don't have to sign up for a Part D. Don't have drug coverage somewhere and can produce that creditable coverage then they can also assess a penalty if you go longer than I think it's about 63 days without it, and that will also apply the rest of your life. Okay. So just something to be considering um, about that. So that's great. So what is Medicare? I think we've hit a lot of that high level, and obviously they can do their own research, talk to someone like yourself, uh, talk to a, an agent or a broker about uh, their specific needs. So let's get into kind of some of these uh, part, kind of part three and what, what our conversation, where we want to take it today is just let's get into some specific questions that sometimes you get that don't fit into the perfect world of some of the other things we've talked about or maybe re reiterate something because you get the question over and over again. So can you can you plan, plan change, uh, change plans each year? Yes. So again, during this annual enrollment period, you, you can do what you want to do. So every year at this time, I'm always reaching out to existing clients and saying, hey, let's review your drug coverage because the plans can change year over year. I mean, they don't change wildly. Like I don't all of a sudden, you know, see massive changes. But I mean, it can happen, but they, they try and keep it as stable as they can. But drug plans can change formularies. They can change the tier structure, which is the formula. They can change pharmacy contracts. They can change the drugs that they cover and how they cover them. And so there's advantage to always at least doing a cursory review at least once a year. And so at this time period, so like if you have a Medigap plan, then you have to have the standalone Part D. And so with the Medigap, normally I don't, we're not going to change that year over year. It's kind of like a set it and forget it, in my opinion. But the drug coverage, we're going to review every year. And if we need to, we're going to change the drugs every year. 
So if you're just taking mostly generics, then in my experience, you're not like a, one plan is going to be as good as the next. But if you're dealing with an expensive medication or brand name uh, brand name drug, then the plan is really going mm -hmm. to make a difference and yeah. can make hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a difference. And even sometimes, even if you stay on the same plan, sometimes just switching pharmacies year over year can make a big difference. Okay. So all of that, you know, so again, it's just always a good chance during this October 15th through December 7th time to just kind of review everything. And so again, if you're not going to use a broker, then Medicare.gov is a really excellent resource. Because I find that it's also a useful tool during the year when you're talking with your doctors and they're saying, hey, I'm thinking about maybe we should put you on this medication. Well, you can, you know, use that as a tool to figure out, well, how is that drug going to work with my plan? Is it going to be significantly expensive? Is there an alternative that would maybe work better with my plan until I can change it the next year? You know, okay. and so again, it's just all those things should be taken into consideration. Okay, going back to um, uh, the next question here, uh, does Medicare cover dental vision and hearing? You get that question a lot from folks. I, I do, because that's one that's very top of mind. So unlike Part B and Part D, where that coverage is mandatory, dental vision hearing coverage is optional. So there are some plans that carry it. So mostly Medicare Advantage plans usually have some sort of dental vision hearing. Again, this is going to vary by state. This is going to vary by like different plans. Medigap usually does not cover it, but they will have dental vision hearing discounts through the company. So if you have original Medicare, my, to my knowledge, there's no coverage. And so you would just get that optionally. The advantage to dental vision hearing is you can get that anytime during the year. It's not subject to any sort of open enrollment. So you can sign up any time of the year for any reason. You can change plans at any time for any reason. The only thing to be wary of is if you have major work done, most plans either don't pay much initially or they have a waiting period that can be anywhere from six to 12 months. So if you're just needing a cleaning, then, then usually you can get a dental vision hearing plan one day and it'll start the next. But if you're looking for some major work, just know that mm -hmm. it's not gonna cover much maybe that first year. So some plan, the bottom line is some plans will have it covered. Mm -hmm. Some plans you'll want to add it as some type of a supplement yes. if, you, if you want it. Okay, uh, we've, we've talked about this, but it comes up all the time, so we're going to hit it one, one more time. Does Medicare cover drug costs? Yes. So, again, if it's the same as the dental vision hearing. If you have original Medicare or the Medigap, it does not come combined with those policies so you have to get you have to have something in addition to that. So Part D plans, um, there are several in the state of Utah, and so again, what we do is it's entirely, in my opinion, it's entirely a function of what are your drugs. And so the information you need is what is the name of the drug, what is the dosage you're taking, how often are you filling it, and how many are you getting every time you fill it. So if I have that information, then I can. Take that, and we also take into consideration the pharmacies that you prefer, and so we put that in a search engine that function, and it will show us what drug plan in Utah will cover your, or in your area, because there are some 
drug plans specific to northern Utah. There's some drug plans specific to southern Utah. And so then we put those in, and then that will tell us what plan is going to cover your drugs the best and what that premium will be and what company that will be. And so those are original Medicare and Medigap that are standalone. But with most Medicare Advantage plans, not all of them, but most in Utah right now, you can get drug coverage included with your Medicare Advantage plan. But the same thing goes of in order to determine what is the best Medicare Advantage is we're going to look at, you know, what networks are your doctors in? Or do you have doctors that you have to have? What networks are they in? And then the next thing we're going to look at is the drug coverage. And so, but we're going to type in that same information and say what plan is going to cover your drugs the best. So do people have to have drug coverage? That's another question that you get from folks all the time. Yes. And so, again, as we said, that drug coverage of some kind is mandatory. So if you do not have drug coverage of some kind, then they can assess a penalty to you. Okay. Uh, what, you get this one. This one's a little bit more insurance-based question, but I think it's a great question because obviously if you get it a lot, then people, I mean, this health this healthcare world can be quite complex. Uh, what is the difference between an HMO and a PPO? Yes. So, so I should mention one other thing just to give that some context. Is So one of the advantages to original Medicare and Medigap is that there is no network. So you can go, so there are some conditions around that, but largely you can go to the doctors and hospitals you want to go to, and it doesn't really matter what network they're in. With Medicare Advantage plans, this is where the HMO So because with the Medicare Advantage plans, there are networks. And so the HMO are typically, uh, you, you have a set network, and you can only go to doctors in that network. And it's it, there are cases where you can go outside the network, but there are a lot of hoops you've got to jump through, and it's a little bit more of a gray area how the insurance company will cover that. And that's going to vary very much by state. It's going to vary by policy, by insurance company. So, But a PPO, if it says, if you're looking at a Medicare Advantage and it says it's a PPO, then that is usually a signal that there are some out-of-network benefits. And so you're going to pay more, but there will be coverage out-of-network. So like say, for example, you know, you're in the IHC network, but you need to go to a U of U doctor, then that's where those out-of-network benefits could come in. But again, what I would always recommend with people is talk to the insurance company, make sure you understand exactly if, if you can go that person, if it's accepted as an out-of-network. So there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of nuances around in-network and out-of-network and what's covered and how it's covered. Again, it's just you want to make sure that you're very well in the line, especially if you've got something big coming down. So uh, kind of in summary here as we're kind of finishing up, you know, it's always a great idea, I think, whenever we learn something like this and we just, lots of information has been dumped on us. It's like, what do we do next? Mm -hmm. And so do people need to go through from their own Medicare situation? Do they need to work with an, an agent or a broker or can they just go and do it themselves, do their own research and do it? What's, what are kind of their options? Yeah, you, my understanding is, is that you don't have to use a broker. You can go straight to Social Security. You can go straight to the insurance companies. 
But my perspective is, is, and again, I'm biased because I am a broker, but there's no disadvantage to using a broker because you will pay the same premium whether you use a broker or you don't, and we are paid by the insurance company. And so, and so why not utilize our expertise? Why not utilize my knowledge and expertise? And, you know, I've, I have client experiences that I can say, well, you know, if you come to me with a question, then I can say, oh, yeah, my client had this exact same. Here's what happened, and they had great success with this. Or, again, my own family members, you know, I can say, oh, yeah, that I've seen that happen, or my own experience, you know, with this. And so, so you can go it alone, you know, and there are some people that are hardcore do it themselves, and, yeah. you know, and that's okay, but why not? You know, it's like there's no disadvantage, and so why not use, and why not use our, utilize our expertise? So, and then lastly, how do you decide what option is best for me? Yeah. And so, again, it's just going to, I would say, call a broker and someone that deals with this day in, day, day out, knows all the nuances, knows all the quirks, and can help you look through those pros and cons and decide, based on your situation, what is the correct plan for you. Well, if someone's looking to for someone to talk to, Andrea, about this, specifically here in Utah, uh, why don't you give your, your contact information real quick on how someone can get a hold of you? Perfect, yes. No, and I'm always happy to talk to anyone and and point them in the right direction if that's all I can do or take them all the way through the process. So again, my name is Andrea Dover and my phone number is 801-382-7450. And so the best way to get a hold of me is give me a call, leave me a message, you can send me a text. Okay, phone number again is 801-382-7450. Okay, and do you need to give any kind of disclaimer as we <laughs> yes. as we often do in, the, in these industries? Yeah, so CMS is, um, and again, rightly so, because they want to protect people and make sure they're being given the correct information. So CMS has certain rules that we as brokers and agents have to adhere by. And so they just came out with a new requirement that we have to disclaim. So I, the disclaimer is that I have to tell every client, I have to include this in every text, every phone call, and every email, is that I do not offer every plan available in your area. Any information I provide is limited to those plans I do offer in your area. Please contact Medicare.gov or 1-800-MEDICARE 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to get information on all of your options. Okay. Well, thanks, Andrea, for being here. This has been uh, very, very helpful. I think it's probably given everybody who's taking time to listen to this just some some core things on how do I sign up, what is Medicare, what are some of the common questions they get, and then obviously they can contact um, someone like yourself if uh, they have even more questions or want some specific help on their specific situation. So thanks a lot. Yeah, happy to be here. Okay. Good luck, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Carl Wolston is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, an SEC-registered advisor. Thrive Retirement Planning and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. 
Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors.